0: Hey, so how to train your dog not to jump. That is today's episode. I'm Carlos, joined again with Brian. Hey, Brian, what's up?
1: Hey, Carlos. Hey, everyone. How are you doing? This is uh, Good Dog Workshop, um, and we're here to talk about a particular trainer. Is that right, Carlos?
0: Yeah, this is a clip that I pulled that I think pretty much covers the what's out there as far as, I don't know, misinformation, um, all positive only type dog training, which I think in the long run hurts the um, typical dog owner. This guy has quite a few followers, 1.7 million. His name is Zach George. The title of this video clip, which we're going to show you, or at least let you hear, is how to train your dog not to jump. But We'll explain why I think these techniques um, don't work
1: and will often lead to a lot of failure. Okay, and you're gonna, you're gonna play a few, few clips. I just want to explain to the, to the listeners here, this video is Mr. George's compilation of his own video clips of him training dogs. So it does jump Mm -hmm. around a bit. It sounds strange to listen to without seeing the videos of him showing different, uh, um, different aspects of, of him doing his training. And the thing I want to say is this isn't a personal attack on, on him or anyone that, that we may criticize. This is we're trying to to properly educate people who are trying to learn how to work with their dogs and who are having trouble parsing good information from bad information on the Internet. So that's what this is about. We're not we're not saying that uh, that uh, Mr. George is a is a bad person. He seems like a really, really nice, uh, nice guy. This is just to, to tell people, you know, these are these are not the most effective techniques or this is not going to be uh, be successful.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. And this is a a compilation. He is talking to you like in a um, kind of like in a group setting. So he's got like a a microphone, but this is a compilation. Um, after listening to the or watching the whole thing is a little bit under eight minutes. He makes some good points, but I think, I, I think a lot of times what we're trying to do is, is make you and your dog, um, Healthy, I mean, you, you want to keep your dog around. Now, now, jumping, if you have a small dog, it's not a big deal. But when you have a big dog, it can be relatively serious. You can knock someone over. So this is a topic that happens a lot, an issue, I should say. But yeah, he makes good points, but he also says a lot of things that I think lead to a lot of frustration from people. They see these clips, and we'll show you in a second. They see these clips, and they go, well, I can do that, and they can't do it. Or if they try it and it doesn't work, they feel frustrated and they think they're doing something wrong. And their dogs just keep on and on with the unwanted bad behavior in this case jumping on people okay so this clip here that i'm going to show you it's about a minute but it kind of encompasses what he's all about and then we're going to comment it uh after it's done if that's okay with you Brian. yeah go
1: ahead all right and
0: this
2: is when your dog jumps on you you cross your arms and you turn around Okay, that's fine, and that's cool, and you should do that. But what's missing from that traditional advice is that you need to have some feeling behind it. You need to have some communication with them. You've got to do this in your own individual way. Look into your dog's eyes often when you're training them. Her eyes will get all wide, and she'll say, I'm about to jump him. I'm sorry, he's a boy. All of your dogs know, sit, stay. You're not going to be overly firm with them. Because that can be a bit counterproductive. Use treats in the beginning. That is ideal. When I see that he's thinking about breaking, you're out of there quickly. I'm instantly removing myself. With a severe jumper, you come in like this, really slow. My goal here is to just try and touch her on the head without her jumping. Ah, Be one step ahead of them. The closer I get, the more tempting it is for him. The best time to correct an unwanted behavior is right before it occurs. It's important that when our dog jumps on us that there is a consequence. The consequence in this case is simply removing our body from them so they can't jump on it. No, 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 no. I want him to know getting up made me get way far away from you because you were
0: thinking about jumping. So that's that's pretty much it. That's the, the bulk of what he's trying to show you. Walk away when your dog tries to jump on you. Uh, but make don't eye control. contact. Yeah, with don't it. yeah, don't make eye contact. Don't be forceful. So, but then
1: approach slowly. Right. So I, what I think is so interesting about this, Carlos, is you know watch the video five or six times already, but listening to it and just you you playing it straight out, not editing any of it. Listening to it, this guy's jumping around a lot. And if he was trying to make a list of bullet points of the different um, training techniques that he offers people maybe he could have done it in a a more cohesive fashion, but listening to how he, how he, uh, pieced it together here. It's like this guy's all over the map. He's saying do this and do this and do this and do this, and some of these are are contradictory. Fold your arms and walk away. And when he when he talked about that, he sh- he actually folded his arms, turned away from the dog, and then walked away. And then he says if you have a severe jumper, then move slowly towards him. And at one point he says that his goal is to touch his dog. I mean, so many things here are not only contradictory, but also they just don't make sense when when dealing with with dogs and so that's that's my main issue with with this video of of zach george's and and other trainers out there is they're they're not speaking dogs and i think it's because they don't understand how dogs work with each other and he said some things like timing
0: is important i agree with that but right when i watch these things all i can maybe i'm I'm cynical but all i think of is Man, this stuff is really not effective. What if all they want is to maintain viewers, excuse me, get subscribers and not make anything look hard? You know, how much of that plays into it and how and how big of a disservice is that when the average dog owner, maybe they're new, maybe they had an easy dog and now they have a challenging dog. How much of a disservice is that when someone really wants to get this problem resolved?
1: Yeah, exactly. I think that's uh, that's an important uh, important point to make because and maybe that's why he put the video together here. Is in seven minutes and forty six seconds, boom, boom, boom. He wants to get all this information out. The clips are fast. They're you know keeping people's attention, but you know maybe that's more of a sales technique than it is a successful dog training technique. Because when we're watching these videos. It seems, it looks like he's working with the same dog and the same issue over and over and over again, and not getting a result the first time he addresses the the dog. And that, you know, maybe that goes back to to who he is as a person. And he likes everything to be to be fast, and and he likes to, uh, you know, he likes a lot of repetition, a lot of lot of energy, how he carries himself, how he how he speaks, his hand motions, that sort of thing. But It it clearly shows to me that this guy isn't getting results in as short a time as he could get. What about the people that are
0: listening going, well, you just believe in the opposite way, but this works as well. You just believe in being, quote unquote, old school and forceful, which is a word people are throwing out there now, I think. Yeah, force training. Yeah. What do you say to those people that go, well, they both work. We just choose this way because it's more
1: humane quote-unquote my answer to that is always well look at how dogs work with each other you know if i'm trying to be successful in in working with a dog i'm gonna understand their language and their forms of communication and dogs use force they use punishment with each other if you want to break it down to if i think we talked about this in a previous podcast break it down to the four quadrants and positive punishment and negative reinforcement all that stuff dogs use all of that with each other and so if we think that only using positive reinforcement with every dog out there is going to get us the exact same perfect results every time we're just fooling ourselves it reminds
0: me of like an infomercial <laughs> every, everybody wants to be in better shape. But, uh, everyone knows that, you know, no pain, no gain, right? I mean, that's the old school saying, but now when I listen to these infomercials, it's like, it's easy, eight minutes a day, anyone can do it. But is that true? And I think deep down inside, we have to question that about ourselves, about raising dogs, kids, you know, even having a career that's, that's tough. I mean, I'm not saying put your hands on a, (laughs) on an employee, but there is an element of friction. And challenge and struggle that takes place sometimes when you're dealing with unwanted behavior. And, right. If we're on this side, yeah. Good. Sorry. If it's easy,
1: everyone would be doing it. That's a, that's another old. Well, thing, and it would know. be
0: working too. It right. would have actual results. But I don't know um, any parent that says parenting is easy. I don't know anybody that's in really good shape that says it was easy, or going from one. Ext- uh, uh, body shape to another or whatever goal it's not it's not or, easy yeah.
1: or becoming a millionaire you know no, no one says oh yeah that was easy all i did was just uh just sit around and money just fell in in, in my uh in my lap here so why is why
0: is this looked at upon as being something uh, bad when we touch our dogs even though it might be the best way and the most natural way it's been seen upon as bad and how do we change that
1: well i think the reason why it's looked upon that way is because people people don't want to be seen as uh as negative in any form they don't want to be seen as mean they don't want to be seen as hurtful they don't want to be seen as bullying you know and all sorts of uh buzzwords out there that people are so sensitive oversensitive to these days and that's fine when you're dealing with people up to an extent at least but when you're dealing with dogs if you remove two-thirds of the tools that dogs use with each other when you're trying to communicate them, how on earth you know, would you think that you're going to be successful with them? And that's not to say that some of the softer, positive reinforcement-only techniques don't work. They do, but not with the majority of dogs out there and certainly not with the majority of, of behaviors that most dogs are, are exhibiting out there. Yeah, and I could think of
0: uh, something that might be important here. It's like I have... When I started doing dog training, I remember reading a lot of information and I've tried the softer ways, but they didn't yield results. And so later on, as we started to work with clients who paid good money, we drove, we wanted to make sure that we were as professional as possible and to be as knowledgeable as possible. And so we couldn't just say, this is the only way it can be done because we would leave that house. And people would be like, Hey, it didn't work. If I told a person, your dog jumps on you, cross your arms and walk away. They would say, Okay, I'll do it because they want to listen and want to uh, problem solve. But I can tell you that I've tried that and it did not work. So there has to be a more effective way. And that has to do with you being honest with yourself and say, you know what? I have to learn more. And for us, it's always been observe, observe the dogs and their nature. Observe what they do. Observe what's effective and still be fair. We're not saying don't be fair. Maybe your dog has a lot of energy because it hasn't been exercised and that's why it's jumping. So be fair. Exercise your dog. OK, maybe it's been created all day long and that's why it's jumping. So just be fair as well, but still apply these techniques. And what the techniques are we talking about, Brian? How would you do it instead of the way that we just heard uh, Zach George do it?
1: Well, that's one of the common, most common things that uh, that people call me about is dog. Their dog is jumping up on them or, or a person when they come in. And there was a great example the other day. I walked into a uh, a client's home and it was a, it was a puppy. And um, so the dog jumped up on on me. And the, and the the owner said, No, no, no. And I said, Don't worry about that. Just just let let the dog do this and let me see what it is and see how severe it is. So I let the dog put it put his paws up on me, and he was really pretty soft the way the way he. Uh, touched me it wasn't forceful he wasn't trying to dominate he wasn't trying to push me over he wasn't you know trying to trying to show me that you know he was an equal to me or in charge of me he was just you know curious and excited so in letting the dog touch me this way i get a sense for his intention and who he is so that when he wants to do that again then i can correct him in a way that's not going to be too firm or too soft so the next time he jumped up on me I stepped into him a little bit rather than, you know, retreating like this, like this guy Mr. George is talking about. I stepped into a little, him a little bit to claim that space between me and him and to also remove his leverage so that when he physically goes to jump up, he can't lean forward because I claim that space and also use the sharp sound with him to snap his brain out of the behavior that he's doing to say, knock it off. Don't, I don't want you to do that right now. And, it's amazing how effective this is the first time with, with our clients' dogs. And and that's what I think is so interesting about this video in particular, but so many training videos out there is they say, okay, you got to keep trying and, and be patient. And okay, let's try this again. Let's circle them around. And they're not only are they adding energy by putting more voice into it, but they're also not getting results the first time where more often than not, most of the time, Carlos, you and I are getting results the first time we do this. So I think it's almost unfair. To teach people a way that doesn't give them a quick result. You wouldn't want that when you go to a doctor, say, uh, doctor, I, you know, my my appendix is, is, is bothering me and he tries to take it out the first time. The first surgery didn't work, so you have to go in for a second surgery. What? You know, we wouldn't accept that in, in our other parts of our lives, so I think it's, you know, it's, it's a disservice to people to teach them you have to repeat this over and over and over again before you have any success with it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And also, I, I would I would tell people that when you sign up to have a dog, own a dog, it's not like a cat. OK, Where you just let them do what they want. They figure stuff out. They know how to use the bathroom or the cat litter. Excuse me. They kind of, you know, are, are autonomous that way. A dog is different. Dog is it needs interaction, needs uh, a, a lot of exercise. Usually it needs boundaries because it will jump up on things, on people, knock people over. It might bite people.
1: It's a get in, lot. Get into the trash. Get into tra- it's a,
0: yeah, it's a lot more involved, which means you have to be ready. And so I think a lot of times people aren't. They get a dog, they think it's a pet, like a cat. And then they figure, well, I can be hands-off like a cat and I feed the dog. And if there's an unwanted behavior, we can just ignore it. But when they get bigger, assuming you get a right. dog when it's a puppy, when they get bigger, that's when the issues come up and that's when people can get hurt. So even though puppy jumping is cute Small dog jumping may be cute, and you may want your dog to jump up on you on command. It can also be serious or moderate to, I would say, high level, high level risk unwanted behavior, and that's when the results need to happen. You need to have someone effective and say, "Hey, we've tried it. Even though it may work sometimes." Sometimes, or a lot of times, especially when clients call us and pay good money, sometimes, a lot of time, it means they've tried it. It does not work. We have to get to the bottom of the problem because what happens, Brian, when people can't deal with their
1: unwanted dog problems? Well, they'll, they'll get frustrated and they'll... You know, the, the, sometimes they'll they'll be very hands on with the dog and get frustrated um, or even abusive. And and oftentimes people will surrender their dogs. Exactly. I, I can't I can't take it. I can't handle this. You know, so, this dog now needs to be someone else's problem.
0: Yeah, exactly. And that's what we're trying to avoid. And that's why we do these podcasts, right? It's not about showing off. It's not about hey, this person doesn't know what they're talking about. We're better. They're worse. They're better. Whatever. It's about making sense, using common sense, observing the dog being honest with yourself saying okay i've tried the less uh, involved method maybe zach george's method maybe it worked with a soft dog and easy dog but i'll tell you from experience a lot of times that does not work and so we're trying to speak in generalities here and reach the, the, the most people uh, as possible and people with <clears throat> excuse me herding dogs and dogs that are bred to guard and you know those dogs aren't going to listen uh, to you
1: walking away and crossing your arms they're just and, they're, and they're not going to be distracted by a treat when yeah. there's a dog walking towards you on the on the sidewalk yeah. which is another technique that, that Mr. George I noticed that uh, in every clip that he showed he has a handful of treats and a clicker in his hands at all times and so my, my question there is what happens when he walks out of the house and doesn't have the clicker or, does, or runs out of treats is he ineffective with dogs
0: Yeah, it's a good point. What do you, what do you, when do you decide that the dog is going to respect you and how do you know? I mean, if you always have a treat bag, then you're just bribing the dog and maybe the dog just seats you as a, as a treat dispenser, you know? Right. There, there has to be that level of respect. And when we say respect, we mean obviously be fair to your dog, feed it, walk it. But at the same time, the dog needs to be fair to you, respect you and your boundaries. And jumping is one of those things. So um let me just explain real quickly what I do. So when people call us, again, they have probably tried all the other stuff. So when they call us, they've got either a stubborn dog, a very high energy dog. So a lot of times what I do when a dog jumps up at me or even at someone else is apply a bite correction pressure. Uh, something like you would see Cesar Milan do. You can do the quick jab with a sound in my case. Uh, with with your fingertips. With my fingertips. Yep. And that and by the way, timing is important. So you do it right away. And it is like Brian says with his other technique, with his it's very, very, very effective, very quick. But it requires you to know what you're doing. Be quick. When I say know what you're doing, it means know what you're doing. Right. Don't come in half. You know what? Don't come in unsure, scared. Sometimes see, I've seen people try to make corrections as they're moving away. Right. So, so watch some Caesar Milan videos. He's really good at that. We have some videos as well, but that's the quick and fast way to do it. Um, allow yourself to learn is the other thing I was going to say, Brian. But go ahead if you have some other points to make.
1: No, I'm I'm glad you said that last thing there. Allow yourself to learn, and, and what we mean by that is be open to trying something new, but also be willing to step out of your comfort zone. And that's the that's the other part of the issue here is people will call us when the techniques they're trying aren't working. Well, part of what is not working in the equation of us with our dogs is us, is we're not able to communicate to the dog what we want or we're not able to communicate in the terms that that the dog understands or we're not exercising the dog enough in order to drain that energy so we can have a dog that's more relaxed and more receptive to, to training. So understand that, you know, we're the major part of the uh, of the problem when it comes to dog behavior because we're not willing to um, put in the time or to step out of our comfort zone or be willing to learn new techniques in order to resolve the behavior.
0: And I think the problem is, too, there's a lot of information out there from pet stores. Let's say you go to a pet store and you do dog obedience. I think there's a misconception that the dog obedience training can transfer over to leadership training, which is kind of what we do, behavioral modification, uh more severe stuff, uh, a little bit more challenging things that have to do with anxiety, maybe um, high play drive, competitive nature that a dog may have. There's a lot of misinformation. Obedience training really isn't obedience training. It's just a little bit of a manipulation technique. You're bribing your dog to sit stay in most cases. Just because your dog may sit stay, you have a treat, doesn't mean it'll work when, like you said, there's someone at the door. You're walking your dogs. They're more worried about, in that case, in my opinion, safety. So you have a treat, a clicker. I can almost guarantee you, you're going to fail. It's not going to work. And you're going to be frustrated. So you do have to sometimes have physical touch to make sure they break that drive. Right, Brian?
1: Yeah, or at the very least a uh, sharp sound in order, again, to break the drive, to break the dog's focus so that he hears a sharp sound or, or, you know, feels you bump up against him or or whatever it may be and or you approach him and he is now focused on you. You're the you're the greatest influence in his life in that moment right now because you have demanded his attention and he's forgotten what he was barking out or, or whatever. But this comes through. You know, practice, obviously, but it comes through confidence is to be able to, you know, to speak to your dog, to touch your dog, to walk up to your dog with authority and with leadership. And, uh, you know, like we've been talking about, that's a major component in um, in why people don't have success with their with their dogs is because their confidence isn't high and they're not willing to step outside their their comfort zone or they're not expressing any authority through how they carry themselves or how they how they speak Um but, yeah, if you if you if you can master these uh, these techniques inside, the way to test yourself is outside. And if the dog is going to respond to you outside, then you're all set. But it uh, it does does take practice and a willingness to to learn and try new techniques.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And how much do you think? And I'm just going to finish with this because we've pretty much hit on all the main points. So How much do you think is fear, fear based?
1: Oh, I, I think a great deal is, and and not we're not talking about the dog fear. We're talking about the people's
0: fear. Yeah, exactly. How much? How and why is that happening? People are just, I don't know. Maybe because I've been doing this for so long, as far as having dogs, working with dogs. But in my
1: mind, it seems pre- preposterous to have a dog and be fearful. You know, I I think there there's can be a couple of things there, and one is. And I hear this probably 25% of the, the appointments that I do is, is after getting to know a client a little bit or, you know, they feel comfortable, they may relay some information or I'll, I'll do a little bit of digging on them. Um, a lot of times people have had a past experience where they had a, a bad experience, a traumatic experience with a dog, they were bitten by a, a, a German Shepherd or a Rottweiler chased them down the street or something like that and, and they have never gotten past that. You know, over the years, psychologically, that's still an obstacle for them. And so they look at their dog and subconsciously or unconsciously relive all those memories and think oh when my dog growls at me that's scary because it was 35 years ago or yeah. when my dog snapped at me or put his teeth on me when I was trying to grab his bone that reminded me of my you know my parents dog when I was 10 years old um, and then and, and clearly they never worked past that and so that's a really interesting part that we help people with is to is to work through that and and become confident um, and, and and the other part of of the fear aspect there is if we're fearful our dogs are either gonna see that and take control because they see that we're not in charge or they're gonna see that fear and feed off of that and become fearful or anxious themselves and that's a really bad situation
0: so something as small as my dog jumps can actually be more uh, like you said have more underlying ramifications if you don't deal with it properly now Zach George's techniques look good, they're easy to digest, and sometimes they may work, don't get us wrong. Okay, Sometimes all you need is sound, sometimes you may walk away and it might work, but uh, what we wanna make sure people understand is there is a more natural, effective, and direct approach that will save you a lot of time so that you don't have this level of frustration with your dog, you end up giving them away, Uh, Your relationship deteriorates and then you just don't want to be around the dog, don't want to walk the dog because you're frustrated. It's going to jump on people. It's going to jump on me. It's going to knock someone over. I'm going to be liable. We want to make sure you stay with your dog and have the healthiest relationship
1: possible. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's the best way to put it is it's a a very it's a natural dog training is what we're trying to teach people. Yeah,
0: that's pretty much it, Brian. I don't have anything else to add. I I think this topic was important because you hear about it a lot. And people will Google it and they think they can get a quick fix, but it's not always that way. And we want to make sure people understand as much as possible in this short amount of time what's involved.
1: Yeah, I I think, um, you know, like I said, uh, this isn't a criticism of Zach George as a person. This is this is a, a criticism or critique of his methods how he works with the dogs, how he teaches the dogs, maybe some of his his explanations. But please, I, I encourage our listeners to go and watch his videos, other training videos, our videos, and look for a solution that makes sense to you and look for a trainer who, who you know, speaks to you that you think you're going to um, not only get along with, but you'll understand and who, who is going to give you the results that uh, that you want and not just tell you well okay that's it for today I'll come back next Tuesday and and, uh, and give we'll work me, some yeah, more and, and give me and your keep, money yeah <laughs> yeah and and then and then we'll schedule a few more visits after that uh, 95% of our clients only need us to work with them once I mean that that's how that's how effective the techniques that we use are and we want to be that to people is you know let's get this solved as soon as possible so that you can you know, get back to your uh, your life and, and a great relationship with your dog rather than a continually frustrating relationship having to, you know, just keep working and working and working at something when you could have gotten done in, in one, maybe two sessions. So
0: where should people go if they want to see how to do it the right way? Because I know that there's a lot of video out there about how to do it the wrong way. Where would you start? Where would you recommend someone who maybe can't afford, don't have the time, is not near where you are? Uh, in Virginia, what would you recommend they go see or do? To well, skip, there, there's to a couple nerded. of
1: things, and, and, and also, you know, you since you're in Austin, if anyone's uh, yep. local to uh, to you, they can certainly sure. get in contact with you as well. But first, um, I, I uh, recommend people go to our website, www.gooddogworkshop.com. We've got a few videos up there. Carlos has this awesome 15-minute uh, documentary mm-hmm. that he, video that he did for for us a while back, um, and also go to YouTube and just type in good dog workshop we 've got probably a dozen videos up uh, up there now. Um, but also, take a look at Caesar milan's videos he, he really has a lot of you know terrific information there, and he does the very similar natural natural dog training that uh that we do um but you know if anyone has some has some difficulties if it's not a uh not a major difficulty, not something that we need to be there for we'll do phone phone consults at a gotcha. very reasonable price, so you know that's a that's another option for people who who don't uh, don't have a lot of um a lot of money to spend or who or who aren't near either of us.
0: Oh, good point, man. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm in Austin, Texas. I don't mind talking to people either. I like this is like a passion for most people. Who anybody who's involved in the dog business usually has a good deal of passion, and they have the right intentions. So, it, for us to speak to people, it's not a big deal. Uh, we want to make sure that you're on the right track, and we want to make sure um, good st- good dogs stay with good people. So, absolutely. Cool. Well, that's it, man. Thanks again. Awesome topic. I'm sure this this message, this type of message, will be coming out more and more and you may it may sound familiar because it is important to um, observe your dog be natural be fair but there are times where you may have to challenge back and that may require physical touch so you may hear that a lot when we do walking uh, how to walk your dog properly how to get the knock to knock pull that sort of thing you'll probably see this recurring theme so okay sounds good all right until next time thank you thank you brian thanks listeners take care Bye bye